You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 239th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim, the Super Rookie Hayes in Orlando, Florida. I don't know. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. Tim, I don't know if that's going to, people are going to understand that without the visual, but. And uh, this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where I do not have an inhaler. Tim, I assume you've got a podcast TUE for that. I do. I'm on albuterol now. Mm. Um, it's taken me a little while to admit that I need the albuterol, but I'm just warning you guys now for when we host the upcoming Slow Ride Podcast Fixed Gear Classic mm-hmm. that we are going to throw to replace the Red Hook Crit, which was recently canceled for the sole reason of enticing Jonathan Vodders and the entire Education First team. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, wh- to come. Where are we throwing this? They crit? are currently freaking out. I don't know yet. Okay. I was thinking St. Louis because we have so many fans mm-hmm. there. We do. I haven't just maybe around the burned arch. any bridges there, so it should be cool. We need to come up with a. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting anxiety attacks thinking about what Education First is going to do to replace the Red Hook Crit on their alternative calendar. Mm-hmm. Now, the thinking man in me naturally got into the promotion game saying why don't we promote the mm-hmm. game the race that they need to come to mm-hmm. and yep. just forget the fact that the mission crit the mission crit in san francisco is clearly the the one that they should go to because it's probably arguably the other most important fix your crit on the calendar yeah. but i have to admit i'm a little disappointed that we didn't run with the rumor a couple months ago that the Red Hook crit was in trouble. We knew it. Yeah. But, you know, we tried our best to um, be decent people in the cycling community. <laughs> yeah, we do. Sometimes. Just, just so, Yeah. Despite, uh, you know, news to the contrary, you know, mm-hmm. we sometimes, sometimes we try to do the right thing. Yeah. Like, we try to do the right thing and not totally ruin everyone's fun. So why... There's a lot, so many other rumors. Why but, is it being canceled for all the people who haven't heard the rumors that we didn't talk about previously? So the Red Hook Crit, the world-famous fixed-gear no-break criterium held at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal in Brooklyn, New York City, uh, was canceled due to rising costs. Mm, It's super expensive, it turns out, to shut down the cruise terminal um, to run the fixed-gear crit. And from what the sounds of it, when we had Dan Chabanaugh on and then other uh, experts in this actual field, is that the... uh, New York City, you know, transportation commission or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. I'm sure someone's going to tweet us about what it's called. Really like to charge a high amount of money for a bike race. And being a bike race, no one likes to pay a lot of money (laughs) to use the facility. (laughs) And so the Delta was pretty large. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe they can um, retool the fixed gear crit and wrap it into like Grand Fondo, New York, or something like that. 
That would be that's good a idea. that's actually a good su- suggestion. Maybe like a crate around the, on the George Washington Bridge. Mm-hmm. I up, I do up, wonder the upper deck and then down to the lower deck, and you know that could be the lap. It's, mm-hmm. Now the Red Hook crate has come out and saying that it is just a one year suspension of the race itself. Now I have I'm new to the game. Uh-huh. Um, Are you? But like. I come across a lot of events or restaurants that say they're just closing for them to yeah, move. Just for yeah, them. temporary. Yeah, then yeah. they never come back. So, you know, if you guys had to put odds on this, what are the odds that the roll the Red Hook crit actually comes uh, back? Uh, so fifty. Here's here's yeah. Here's the thing. I Tim, I am with you a hundred percent. When a race says they are taking a year off, or a team says they're taking a hiatus, mm. that is. PR marketing speak for, yeah, we're done. We're absolutely done, and we had no plan B, and we still have no plan B, and we're going to lose all our impetus. But recently, uh, last year, the Nature Valley Grand Prix, or the previous Nature Valley Grand Prix, now North Star Grand Prix in Minnesota, was canceled last year, last minute, and they announced that that race is coming back this year. And that gives me hope for the future. So maybe, maybe Red Hook... This is, yeah. can pull it off. Point. Is that I, the only example, though, and we just, because we're I'm yes. here and we've all been here, <laughs> we know this race so well that we're really paying attention because I can't think of very many other examples, unfortunately. No, it, it does not happen theory. often. Now, what yeah. What do you guys think is the likelihood that the Red Hook crit ends up not being in Red Hook? Like, they're tied to that name, and that name is the trouble. You know, I, I was just riding past a restaurant here in Minneapolis today that is just named for the corner it's on. And I was thinking how much the uh, property owner has them over the barrel on that one whenever yeah. uh, the rent oh, comes back up because it's like, where are you going to move? You only got four corners. This is a good question. I mean, they could they could probably move it, I would I think, quote unquote, fairly easily. I yeah. mean, there is like the Grant Park criterium so, in New York City there around Grant's tomb. Yeah. Like you could probably find a way to put the Red Hook crit there, but... It wouldn't be the same. I mean, that's like a good question. Logan. So I, I actually, well, here's the thing is like, I think the Red Hook crit brand is bigger than the Red Hook yeah. New York City You're neighborhood right. brand. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, this point, you know, examples being Red Hook Milan, Red Hook Barcelona yeah. and Red Hook London. But that's your uh, marquee event. Last year it was only Red Hook Milan though, right? Like they kind of, they've been tapering. Yeah. Oh, so, so they're just going to come out big next year because this is like a full taper yeah. now. Are they still doing Milan this year? Now, can I tell you guys something? I emailed. All right, sorry. I texted Dan Chabanaugh the number that I had for him <laughs> okay. uh-huh. that I got from uh, Bill at Crosshairs Radio. <laughs> I texted him about a month ago to say like, hey, I haven't heard anything about the Red Hook crit. Is it on? Mm. I got a text back. Mm. And it said... Dan, this is not Dan's it, number anymore. Please don't text me anymore. <laughs> it said, "Sorry, wrong number." <laughs> nice. so, so you're totally right. So Dan's really good at that. But yeah. I'm pretty sure. Then I texted Bill. I was like, "Bill, is this his number? Am I wrong?" And he wrote back, "No, that's the number I still got." So yeah, <laughs> I should have known at that Classic. point. Um, but so Red Hook Crit, uh, it's a it's a damaging blow to the alternative calendar, but maybe this is, maybe it was the UCI behind the cancellation of it the whole time. Watch out, oh, dirty Kanza yeah. and Lifetime Fitness. The UCI has got you on the radar next. <laughs> they already took out the Red Hook crit, which was threatening their, uh, their uh, conglomerate, the, the, you know, their, 
their their kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, good stuff there. Um, kind of disappointed by that because I felt the Red Hood Kit was continuing to gain and actually overcome the the tragedy that is the stalled motorcycle at the start of the race. That was the. Sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure that video that. made it on Sports Center. I still think. Uh, the Red Hook crit or the idea of it, whether whatever Fixio crit it is, is um, it's still a really good gateway entry oh, to the sport. For sure. Like, and uh, you know, I know they're gonna, or I assume they're gonna still do the Fixio uh, events at the Intelligentsia Cup in Chicago. Yep. Um, so that's uh, you know, those are still happening. Maybe uh, maybe Education First can double up there and uh, win some American well, style crits and then some Fixio style crits too. Well, the if there's a crit that someone should go to that clearly is as big, if not better, than the Red Hook crit is the Mission crit in San Francisco. So that's the one that that's kind of like the now is the crown jewel of the fixed career crit racing scene mm-hmm. in the Mission District of San Francisco. So Spencer, you used to live there. I did. You could probably uh, be our expert on the field, on the ground of what kind of roads are in the Mission. It's only been like 15, 20 years, but um, it's been a, it's been a little while. I'm sure they've you know kept them up perfectly, and they're great still. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. taxes are high. So we have a lot to get into this week <clears throat> in the world of bike racing, but I want to take you back a few weeks for when I was in Minnesota, and little guy got to see you at the pond hockey tournament mm-hmm. wearing the pond U.S. Pond Hockey Championship uh, t-shirt oh, here. Today. That's what you're wearing. I got and, it. And um, I go into my favorite local watering hole. Dusty's. Mm-hmm. This is the place I asked that place, my much better half, Sarah, to marry me. Is that place still open? It, it is. is. And Spencer, do you know the first time I ever went to Dusty's was when you helped co-throw an alley cat and there was stop was inside Dusty's and it was, what song is, you know, letter and number combo D9 and it was like Prince, Let's Go Crazy was like on the manifest for the alley cat. Yeah. And I fell in love with Dusty's at that moment. Oh, I'm sorry. And I go in there with my hockey team. Now these are non cycling aficionados. I took I already had already dragged them to Trek where we were guests of Trek and gave them a tour of the Trek factory. I already told you guys about it, it was amazing, right? So they're kind of like these guys are already diehard Trek fans at this point. They're like, "Oh man, we want Trek to win all the the races." And uh, so I take them to Dusty's mm-hmm. on the kind of last moment. I was like, "All right guys, I got to go there. I got to show you my wedding picture. It's on the wall." Walk in jam-packed i in fact i've never seen dusty's this busy in my life there's only one little corner of the bar open for me to go order and i was like hey guys just wait right here a friend of mine follows me to help me shift the beers from the bar to the back i don't say anything and then i say hey you know barkeep six premiums mm-hmm. only thing to order as i say that a guy that's like that's right there sitting right there goes i know that voiced you're Tim from the Slow Ride Podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, meanwhile, I turn around, beat red, and my hockey f- playing buddy just turns around and doesn't even like try to help me with the beers, just goes back to the friends and you know, the rest of the team is just like, you're not going to believe this. Tim paid someone to show up here at the bar <laughs> and say that, that yeah. he yeah. recognizes his voice from the podcast. Yeah. Turns out it was uh, Paul, friends of Leo Black Label. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. So I didn't tell that story, but I kind of was a little embarrassed. It's fun being famous, huh? Well, just, you know, what are the odds? Yeah. 
Did I pay him to be there? Maybe. Probably. Like, Chances yeah. I think so. are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was actually a pretty good time. So little guy, yep. you had a slew of agenda items. Mm-hmm. And if the gummy bear is not on the top, if Carlos Betancourt racing <laughs> his debut race of 2019 is at the top Let's talk about that then. of your list, I will be a little disappointed. Let's talk about the gummy bear. Yeah, it looked thick. I <laughs> he did, did look a little thick. All I could think was, "Hey, the Volta, it's still a possibility." The Volta. What's <laughs> God? Wasn't there rumors that he was going to change teams though? I so right as I saw that picture, I I realized, yeah, I hadn't thought about him since what was around the tour that he was supposed to change teams. Where has he been? Did he do any races? We we used to spend so much time talking and thinking about him, and we kind of. He kind of stopped doing anything to give us any reason to talk about him. I don't know. He really did. He, he just fell off the radar completely. And um, He's still there, though. He's on the it's team. tough. He came back in a big way. Yeah, it's tough. Well, Ouch. <laughs> We're it's tough. You know, I still want to talk about him, and I still want to follow the Gummy Bear's trajectory because I think he is, he is due for great things. But, you know, if, if he's not doing any races, it's tough to talk about him. <laughs> Yeah. But it begs the question, how does he continue to get a contract? He's obviously I, got a I lot of I will let him do whatever talent. he wants. He's a strong rider. He's awesome. He won the white jersey at the tour. Tour? Like, keep doing Giro. you, Carlos. I love it. Every single thing about it. Yeah, I mean, let's... If I'm not... I don't have his pro cycling stats page pulled up. I'm sure, Tim, you have that as a bookmarked page. But um, <laughs> the results are weighted a little bit toward the first half of the career. Uh, so <laughs> just like you can only, you can only use that to get, you know, good contracts for so long before they start wondering why the last three years or so you have a lot of, a lot of jobs up here, but you have, you seem to be missing a lot of work experience in the last three years. And you're like, Oh no, I, um, rode for a friend. He just forgot to send the resume over. But he has been writing for people. I mean, it's not like that. I mean, to be fair, yeah. the movie star team is so stacked. It's very stacked when it comes to grand tour or like more stage mm-hmm. climbers so like or stage winners that you know carlos betancourt the gummy bear the green okay. one if you will he is the is green clearly one. now a team support yeah. so hang on if the gummy bear did go to another team would he be in a leadership role i know really i mean can i tell you like, what no. can i tell you what i think of carlos betancourt what do you think He's kind of like the more huggable version of TJ Van Garderen. Like he kind of <laughs> just became what he should be. Yeah. Right? Like the ultimate team player. Like it's not a knock on TJ. Like Hincapi was the ultimate team player. And now Carlos Bencor, he's the one that's there in the mountains, mm-hmm. in the high mountains, and earning a pretty nice face. Let's say medium mountains. And uh, doing well. <laughs> um, I, don't, I didn't see how he went in, was that Mercia or whatever the heck that race is? But Valverde did end up on the podium was like 400th podium. He is, he's, he's been top 10 and like 50% of the races the, he's done this year or something. It's nuts. Um, and he looked damn good in that world. Championship he looks good. Season. And yeah. he lost the sprint on that last stage. And then the GC to Sammy Sanchez, which mm-hmm. he's an Astana rider. And I generally don't want to like him cause he was on Liberty Seguros. But I think in his old age, I'm really coming around to Sammy. Not Sammy, Luis, Luis Leon Sanchez, because he's always he's always killing it in the early season, you know. 
So do you like Luis Leon Sanchez more than Sammy? Well, I meant to say, I, when I said Sammy Sanchez earlier, I meant to say Luis Leon okay. Sanchez. Because Sammy Sanchez okay. is currently um, still facing... Uh, his doping, his EPO doping ban, even though he's been effectively retired now for what two years. Okay, so uh, see, so like LL. Yeah, you know, I used to like not like him just because the teams he was on, kind of. But like, man, he's always there early in the season. He's always trying to poach these like, ki- like kind of not that important races. I like the way he races. That's, that's see, he's a savvy veteran racer. He knows he that he needs those UCI Spencer. points to and, be valuable to that team. And he is like so, he comes out swinging in the first two months of so, the year, you know. So Spencer, I I don't know if you can hear it in a little guy's voice. I'm I'm picking it up. I'm picking up the feedback. He's trying to justify liking an Astana rider. Oh, I know. And mm-hmm. I just want to say, Spencer, this may have to do with an upcoming episode of the Slow Ride Reviews because someone is wearing Astana colors on the regular now in downtown <laughs> Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and I'm getting a lot of. Compliments. I think he's trying to justify being an Astana fan. Are you? I mean, a lot Are you picking up this Astana fandom, Spencer? I, you know, I'm I'm hearing hints of it, not uh, not picking it up. I didn't have some context clues that you have, but I do know that Astana is absolutely crushing this kind of early season uh, racing scene that's happened over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I, you know, it's tough to blame little guy if he's, uh, you know, feeling the uh, feeling so, the bandwagon jump. Um, I'm, you know, is it true, I'm only man? jumping on uh, the the Luis Leon Sanchez. I'm not jumping on uh, the dude, BS. the dude who who probably cheated his way to a win at the at the Middle East race today. Little guy, BS. You are jumping on the Astana bandwagon because of the helmet. Colors. No, no, no. I've always liked the colors of Astana. I don't like very much about the team, but I've always dug the colors. I dug them when Volgren was on the team. I had to jump on the the bandwagon a little bit last season. Despite the astonishness, so. But I will say no, I the colors just... are quite popular with the secretary and security guard crowd. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I did just flip back to see that you did take Astana as the 16th pick in our World Tour jersey draft <laughs> with Mitch Doc. Yeah, so, you, uh, good job there. You did save yourself a little bit. Yep. So little guy likes El Sanchez, and um, little guy, mm-hmm. it's kind of a uh, pretty big agenda for you because spencer was out I mean, spencer was actually riding bikes this weekend yep. or this past week mm-hmm. out in moab yeah slaying the beasts of of the slick rock trails mm-hmm. any any big story spencer did your dropper post work dropper worked beautifully mm-hmm. flawlessly i uh did you have was it wireless dropper post like run no. through your phone app or some kind or something all right <laughs> no, no 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 we had uh we we went to i'll, I'll shout out uh, a few things in moab that people should check out if they haven't been there obviously you should go it's amazing uh we rented some bikes we didn't fly with them uh so we went to poison okay. spider uh bicycle shop which was highly okay. recommended very good we rode some trek uh remedies uh with 27.5 wheels because both me and my better half were curious about the smaller medium wheel size and um so it was good to get some miles in on those and the bikes were pretty awesome cool how much travel uh what did those have 150 mm-hmm. i believe okay and then the dropper post oh yeah all right did you find yourself confused on the dropper post at all no the one time i had a dropper post i was like too many buttons up here <laughs> on the front i don't know what to push and when <laughs> Yeah. Especially no, you don't have haven't you? You don't have any buttons on the on the whole left side anymore with the single ring. 
in the front. <laughs> oh, so now okay. there's just well, so, one button does yeah. the dropper. So Spencer was in Moab, mm-hmm. and then uh, riding bikes. I was looking at a bunch of bikes because I was at Cabda up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, saw the Rotor One by Thirteen group. Yeah, that, um, awesome. that was really cool. That was right by the uh, the booth. Did you touch it? Um, I picked up the cassette. It was like a ten fifty four cassette, I believe, and it was only like three hundred and fifty grams. That's bonkers. Okay. Um, saw some other things. I didn't really get to walk too much of the show, mm. but um, it was cool to see a uh, uh, various, uh, you know, thing. I mean, to me, the rotor group was kind of the only thing that I really wanted to check out, and that was mostly just for you. Yeah, thank you. And the whole time I was trying to like just tell everybody, like, hey, I know this guy. He's really into rotor. <laughs> you told and the rotor guys, like, oh, I know somebody who cool. wants it. <laughs> like, like, I heard about this guy. I was like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's the two chain rings, and they're the same block of aluminum. And you're like, oh, my God. I know this guy, but, um, <laughs> that was, that was pretty much it. Okay. So, um, cool. Now little guy this past week for you is pretty much just, you know, since the bike swap it's, has been a disaster on your bike. It's just been bike carnage, man. It's that time of winter where everything's been caked in salt long enough, I guess. Uh, I just, oh, I just, I just don't know, man. I had a hub break. It just, it just suddenly exploded into the spokes pulled through the flange. I had um, my Silka floor pump decided to stop working, so I had to buy new parts for that. I had a bottom bracket <laughs> eat eat it um, on Monday. Um, <laughs> on Friday, I rode the mountain bike, and I borrowed uh, better half Caitlin's uh, clip-on fender, which I promptly broke while trying to adjust, and the plastic <laughs> shattered in the cold the... weather. All right, let's go. Um, let's go through. The, was it one of those SKS? It was one of those SKS fenders? giant clip-on things, and I it was a little I've got too three loose of them down here. And I tried to adjust it, and it just the little adjusting bit just like it just exploded in my hand. I was like, oh, "Great!" Can I? Every day. Can I tell you a story about those? Yeah. One of my favorite accessories on a bike. Um, I was SKS fenders. I once got one, bought one, and this is when I first started being a courier. I was so afraid someone was going to steal my <laughs> SKS fender, which attaches. That's totally. It's kind of weird. It's like a strap that goes around your um, seat post, yeah. and it kind of just clips in, and you easily can just grab it and go. I was so worried that someone was going to steal that thing that I had like the bike shop put a zip tie around it mm-hmm. and then every other time i've ever ridden with that fender like so it lasted like a year with a zip tie on it it was on my cross check that you guys may remember when i first started out as a career yep. and then after that i never put the zip tie back on and never once has my fender ever been stolen yeah, so like, i do that i totally rookie mistake like oh someone's gonna steal my fender what am i gonna do well <laughs> never happened. i feel like that was when so like around that like when we all started crying like you know you bought a bike part and it's probably it was whatever it was it was the most expensive bike part you'd ever purchase you know like you bought a 15 dollars fender and you'd never spent 15 dollars on a fender before you know, at the t- you know everything at that time was like this was so much money i can't believe i spent 15 dollars on this thing like you know, whereas now it's like, yeah, I broke, I broke 12 of those well, in the last and, and the, and the, uh, the, the feeling that everyone else on the street also knew that that fender was worth $15. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, well, it's how often, and then Nobody I was, knows. I was thinking, so I zip tied the fender, but then meanwhile, I just free locked my entire bike yeah. leaning up against the IDS <laughs> building on busy 8th Avenue. Well, that was, when you free lock, that that's cool just when you put do. the U-lock between the front wheel and the frame. Mm-hmm. 
So someone, anybody walking by it with a truck or like had a buddy in a truck could mm. just put that bike in the bed and then just drive off or shoulder the bike. Um, yeah. Yeah. It kind of like priorities, but man, did I not want that fender stolen? Well, your butt would get wet, right? It's almost and worse you, than having to walk home. At least your butt wouldn't be wet. And then you, um, yeah, that's very true. So you broke the fender. You broke a cassette exploded on you. No, a hub exploded. Hub, sorry. Whole wheel. It was just every time, every day I broke something. And the clincher, and this is repl- repairable, but uh, yesterday I didn't ride my bike. So I thought, hey, I'm in the clear. I can't break anything else, right? So I'm pushing the snow off the Mercedes. And what do I do? I clip the little Mercedes hood ornament with the like brush and it goes and it pops off. I was like, Oh my God, every day I have to break something. (laughs) Such a bummer. And then when that happened, did you go, damn it? Tim is going to now know. Cause I, (laughs) you were very impressed with my other car. Yeah. You've had a variety of Mercedes Benz with intact hood ornaments. And I recall like seventh grade, eighth grade running around neighborhoods trying to jack hood ornaments. I mean, I guess I just don't live where there's a lot of hoodlum kids, I guess. Um, I know. I was a horrible individual. I I mean, I'm sure I can put it back on, but just the fact that I I busted it off. No, I did immediately think of you, and then I had to tell you. And it was, hopefully it was the capping of my week of breaking things, just stupid little things. It was, but I feel like every year post-swap, it's like all my bikes explode, like right after I don't have access to $10 wheel sets, you know? I don't know. I'm running through a couple of bike. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in bike uh, mode. I just got some new uh, Paul um, brakes, mini moto brakes to put on the uh, cross bike. Mm. And so I spent money there. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like hopefully nothing happens with my bike. And now my bottom bracket's starting to click. And it's like, oh, like I just know that I'm kind of getting close to catastrophic bike fixing time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I got to start saving up some money. Time for the big investment. So, Good stuff indeed. Yeah. Meanwhile, Spencer's just renting some bikes out in Moab yeah. and just having a ton of Maybe fun. Maybe we should just yep. rent bikes rather than owning bikes. Oh, it's the way to go. When do you think bike yeah. companies are going to start doing leases? I'm surprised uh, they haven't. Like, well, they'd have to be some kind of odometer, right? Like Maybe the e-bikes, then you could tell like yeah. how long the bike has been going. I could see people doing that for e-bikes because, one, you're – you're not getting as many people that are regular bikers. You're getting a lot of people that probably haven't biked for a lot of years and their only major purchase has been a car. And so they would be coming in with the same mentality of like, I want to have this, but I want to upgrade so quickly that you could probably get them into leases. Tell them it's some sort of battery swapping thing. Like they bring it in in three years and you, you lease out the battery or something. That could be true. I, I'm 100% all in on e-bikes. Like, this thing is... I'm 5%. They have in. the e-bikes. They have the e-bikes here in Orlando. The, um, like, the bike share e-bikes are electric assist. Mm. And there's so many people riding them. Mm. It's crazy how many people are riding the e-bikes. And then they're like, ah, I hardly even broke a sweat. I just have to pedal. And then I'm going 16 miles an hour. And you're like, yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Because it's people that normally wouldn't ride their bikes. Yeah. And now I want to see right. how, how sweaty they get in June, July, and August when it's... You know, hot as Hades out there. Do people go but outside? It's pretty cool in Orlando in June, July, and August. I don't know, man. There's some people riding <laughs> these e-assist know. bikes. I'm all about e-assist bikes. It's getting people back on bikes. Like yeah, it's pretty awesome. I guess it just feels like such a cheat to me. I just I can't. Yeah, I can't. Um, I I uh, intellectually know what you're saying, Tim. But my in my heart, in my gut, 
just like like W, I can feel it in my gut, and I got to trust my gut, and I hate him. Let me ask you something, Logan. Yeah. Have you ridden an e-bike? No, I've never ridden an e-bike. How would that ever <laughs> even happen? Okay. Spencer, have you ridden an e-bike? Uh, yeah. Okay. Spencer, did you have a smile within the first 10 seconds of riding that e-bike? Uh, probably, yeah. That's because you guys are a bunch of cheaters, and it's cheating. Of course you'd enjoy yourself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> as soon as I pedaled and I was going really, really fast, I was like, this is amazing. I can't wait to get one. And then I saw the price tag, and I go, man, if only there was a lease. Yeah, gosh. Can, can, I, can I get into a 16-month lease on this bad boy? <laughs> I could have saved performance bikes with this business model, I think. But, you know, did they call me? No, they didn't call me. <laughs> that's that's our solution for performance bikes. I love it. Electric bike leases. All right. And uh, with that, let's uh, get into the pre-lap. for the Richard Sachs Cyclocross team, and I hate listening to the Slow Ride podcast every week. Oh, guys, it is a good day. We are happy that the Slow Ride podcast is brought to you by a couple of important partners for the Wide Angle Podium Network. First off, we'd like to welcome back longtime sponsor Health IQ. Hi guys. Go to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out more on how to save money on your life insurance. Yes. Uh, you may remember them. Longtime listeners will remember them. They were a great sponsor of the show in the past, uh, and they are back for round two. So if you uh, if you don't have life insurance and you've been thinking about it, it is an easy place to go and uh, save some money um, because they take into account your cycling habit as a as a fitness benefit that you can yeah, earn positive. discounts with. And it went so well the first time around. They came back. This is so exciting. Now, we did change the tag. So head over to healthiq.com slash WAP. Sign up for the little quizzes. Take the little quiz. Find out how you can save money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual. If you're listening to the podcast, you're the perfect candidate yeah. for Health IQ's services. Yep. And yeah, go ahead, Spencer. Well, I mean, after you've saved all that money, mm-hmm. I got a pretty good idea of what you can apply that to mm, in your life that might There's be that. missing. Well, see, I'm thinking, you know, life insurance, it's not that exciting. You know, it's it's not thrilling. You might need a pick-me-up after that. So I'm thinking if you head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee mm-hmm. and pick yourself up some Grimper Brothers Wide Angle Podium uh, benefiting coffee beans. Now I'm Sounds talking about good. full schleck. I'm talking about cyclocross friends. Uh, I'm talking about getting your light, ro- light roast on. I'm talking about getting your espresso bean on. Uh, I'm talking the full thing. I'm talking about hooking up your friends, your family, your oh, wow. kids. You are saving a lot of money on health IQ, aren't you? So you're buying for yeah. yourself oh, and your friends. It's, it's an unbelievable amount. Yeah, Maybe a little guy. Secretary Day gift. Courier Day is probably. Coming up, I think two people. Little guy, how much coffee is uh, little Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin, uh, taken down before his training rides? <laughs> oh, uh, it's three or four uh, those little espresso cups. He just does them real quick. And then he yeah. says a bunch of stuff in Italian. I don't know what he says. And he just like charges out the door and starts doing hill repeats. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Love Perfect. it. Perfect. Love it. Yep. So uh, wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more about that. Perfect. Oh, man. That was a great stop on Segway Avenue. And I'd also like to... Um, 
give a quick shout out to Bike Shop CX. I got a question for the boys over there. Okay. Um, here. Is it related to your uh, squeaky bottom bracket? No, but okay. I was I did the Doc Hollywood. Mm. Kind of dusty. Right. Kind of rainy. And now my campy shifter, the little thumb button, isn't popping back up. Hmm. I have to, like, it's not springing back into place. I see. Now, now my co-host of the Slow Ride podcast years ago told me I needed a campy for my moots. Yep. And I believed them. Yep. And I'm starting to think that, uh, you know. It's foolish. That they sold me a bag, that, you know, a bag of, uh, bag of beans. Just <laughs> take it apart and lube it. Yeah, taking it apart. So how do I do it? So you guys, <laughs> I can't explain it to, to you it. in the. Or if time you could just left. tell me that I should go take it to my mechanic and then he can do it, that would also be appreciated. Oh, man, and all the bike shop mechanics are going to be real excited about taking apart your campy. It's going to be awesome. I think you should do that. Uh, it's I've never done the post two thousand twelve kind, but it's not that hard. So, and I think I think it's a good marker of a good shop. If you take it to the shop and they make a face and they're like, "We can't do it," I think you got to find a different. You got to find a different mechanic. All right. Well, I'd like to hear what the the boys over at Bike Shop CX have to say, and uh, I'll take that into account because you two are the ones that sold me down the river on this amazing componentry. You should be happy if it was it's Shimano. Great that I have, have almost to... eleven thousand miles on. Yeah, no problem. If it was Shimano, you just have to throw so, it away if it started moving slowly. So <laughs> it's way better. Great stuff from our wide angle podium um, sister and brother shows, including Consummate Athlete. The Gravel Lot, Cyclocross Radio, and Bike Shop CX. Tim, is there uh, going to be an episode of Slow Ride Reviews anytime soon? There That's is. The plan. Because, yeah, so I, I actually have a couple things ready to go. I'm excited, so we're going to have to coordinate that now that we're both back from our travels. Yep. I think it's something that we can uh, get up and running. So Perfect. With that, let's, uh, let's get back to the show. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Quick shout out to um, Laura Ciros, who uh, emailed us a couple weeks ago on her way out with the family to Cyclocross World Championships. Now, there's a lot of questions. Um, when they were on their way to Denmark on what they should do. And it was kind of between when we were recording. So this is a timely answer is what you're, what you're driving yes. at. Yeah. Well, Nailed it. Well, we kind of missed the timely answer of what they should do when they're there. Like, right? Like, like we didn't get to the question. But I was curious. So I emailed back. I said, how was the trip? How was going with the family to Denmark for the World Cyclocross Championships? Especially such a mediocre, horrible course that it was in which... The results were predetermined, especially on the men's side. It was a good... Um, okay. Oh, I'm sure. sorry. And uh, uh, Laura hit us back with a, uh, a great little email, and she had a couple bullet points um, from her event with her... Uh, uh, they're out of Seattle, her husband and then her kids. Uh, I've never been around so many ben- Belgians in her entire life, which I can totally understand, yeah, even fair. though they're in Denmark. You know, they're there for you know the next big thing, Matthew Vanderpool. It was nice to watch a cycling event in a place where it's the Super Bowl and not some niche sport that people don't understand. Yeah, I can completely pick. I pick up what she's saying there, because how many times have we done a uh, 
cyclocross race and then you're explaining to the person with their dog at the dog park or the, the <laughs> tree protector in Austin that's like, ah, these are my trees. And, you know, you got to explain what's going on. Yep. Um, my kindergarten daughter started bawling as we were leaving after the women's race. And when I asked her why, she said she thought Katie Compton was going to win. We all did. How do you explain that as much as as we all wanted that to happen, it was a long shot. And I was like, oh, man, I can already imagine having to explain to a little Heimar um, what, you know, what's going to happen when uh, like when Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin out sprints him pretty much every race. Yeah. Yeah. You know that or, you know, I'm they're going to work together. I'm not concerned about <laughs> yeah. that, but more of like interesting what's going to happen when like, you know, a hockey team doesn't win the Stanley Cup or something. Right. Um, mm-hmm. To I mean, the, the the easy thing there with your example is to say. Little Heimar, every single year, 30 other teams don't win the Stanley Cup. Ah, it's not a big a deal. Point. That's a good point. We spotted uh, Sane Kant watching the elite men's race and got to talk to her for a minute or so. She was just hanging out with her teammates and is so tiny. Not Kate, Kate Keo tiny, though she's just not a very big lady. No. And I think that, you know, that kind of... um personalizes like the racing that you can like cyclocross versus the the roadside that you see the world champion just hanging out after yeah. the race mm-hmm. yeah what you right like just kind of and we experienced that at the foam party when they all showed up yeah but it's pretty cool Some of them are in really louisville tiny. 2013 and goddamn those elite dudes are fast i mean we all know that but holy moly and that was witness on that course that they made it seem like it was a uh a practice lap a five and a half minute laps yeah but uh Anyways, it was great to see that there's uh, people from America going over to the uh, World Championships, even in Denmark. And I hope someday that I get to take uh, the family to a uh, cross World Championships. Maybe it will be Fayetteville, Arkansas. Most yeah. likely. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> Most likely. That is going to be the World Championships we go to. Yes. That is a, that's a very exciting. So. Cool. A um, couple of other things on Twitter. We got hit up several times um, by folks wanting to point out to us that the Tour de la Provence, that the leader's jersey was basically the La Vie Claire jersey of many years ago mm-hmm. from the Greg LeMond. Did you guys see this? I did. It was nice. It was really nice. And then Izagir won the uh, overall, but it's kind of, it's a pretty cool leader's jersey. It was really the cool. The La Vie Claire kit. That was a yeah. nice touch to not just be yeah. a color, basically. Just one color that everybody else does. It did look a little bit like one of those um, when they used to do the combination jersey kind of things, mm-hmm. though, right? Like, that was the thing I was thinking of. Like the fish jersey. Mm-hmm. The greatest jersey of all time, the Volta fish jersey. Well, I know that you're all about that, but you know what I'm talking I about. I love that jersey. You no, know, I thought it was great. Um, I loved it. Uh, Segway Sam time. Matthew Vanderpool, MVP, teammate corner. We're back, baby. Week two, week two. MVDP MVP corner. So this is the segment that we've put together to help our pro tour listeners. Hopefully just Mitch or Tucker. Yeah. And then he, he's going to funnel it out. So they're going to go to him mm-hmm. when they see a teammate, a Matthew Vanderpool going up the road. Last week we covered a teammate. Who do we have this week? Little guy? So this week, and this is why tour de la Provence comes in perfectly. We are doing Jimmy Jansen's. Jimmy Jansen's is Belgian. He's 29 years old, and he just finished ninth in GC at the Tour de la Provence. 
Also, so he's done two races this year. He did Tour de Provence, finished ninth in GC, and he did the Etoile de Bessages. Nailed it. Boom. Third in GC. Wow. All right. Three, four stage races, solid results. He was there every day in the main group, finishing at the front. And the point, though, is that he's not winning any sprints. He's done two time trials. He's finished fourth and thirteenth in his, or third and fourteenth in his two time trials. So he's got this some is, uh, power over a nice uh, TT course. I think that's going to come in handy at the end of a race for Mister Vanderpool. So it's going to. I think he's got some teammates, guys. So far, you know, I know yeah, this guy's been around for a little. He's while. been yeah, around for I'm, a while. I was, on- I was saying, um, how did he? How did he manage to fit in all this training around producing tracks for Prince back in the day? <laughs> yeah, you know, he he's a multi he's a multifaceted kind of dude. You know, he's not just one dimensional. He's not just about the bike. Can I can I tell you what my worry is, the little guy? What's your worry? I'm on his pro cycling yeah. stats. It's nice. He's got some. He's got some solid results. <laughs> There's still not a win. We don't, like, Tim. Like, we don't want like winners. We don't want egos. Zero. Wins. We don't want egos. We want a strong TT bull to sit in front of Vanderpool and and get him off the front, my friend. Yeah, we're not trying to build a movie star here. I'm see. I'm I am I'm into the fact that he's been getting solid results but not winning. So this is where we are in week two. This is this is where we are in week two of the MVDP corner. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, Stein Devolder. We've already admit like that's just off the rankings. Like we all know that he's just the he's the godfather of the team. He's the road captain. He's going to be the one that's steering the ship for Matthew Vanderpool. Yep. And then we went to um, was it Roy Yans, Roy Yans last week? Some solid okay. results. And then we go to Jimmy Jansen. Yeah. Now I'm noticing a trend here. Yep. What's the trend? And it's is descending quickly. <laughs> the, the, the trend. They're not descending. That's solid results. The man's done two races. He's finished t- top ten in GC two times. I think this is what we want, and we want building up. I, what I'm interested okay. in is which of the cyclocross riders from his team are going to like show up to the like. Will his brother be there? Will Will our buddy? kangaroo tom be there like that's the total his, who knows if, if david vanderpool does not line up in every race that matthew vanderpool is in and jurage sagan lines up for peter sagan i'm gonna be so disappointed no we all are but we'll find out you know i mean we'll find out I, i'm hopeful i i think it, it looks right. good i mean so david vanderpool and tom Houston. i assume at least tom i saw tom at the brico cross today so he was he's still racing cross with 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 matthew so well, that's the the next thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is this Brico cross. Apparently, they're still racing cyclocross right now, even though they are. We are done with the training camps in Australia, and now training camp has moved to the Mid East. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brico cyclocross just happened, and and super prestigious mm-hmm. Saturday. The series are done yeah, though; you, they're both done now. That's it for those two. So you wanted to, now which one of these races is the one that's on GC time? Uh, they both prestige? are, I think, but super prestigious okay. for sure. Vanderpool won. Now both. I know it's tough to find the results and all of that, so we'll just assume Vanderpool won. Yeah, you don't have to. But what's the um? Wh- why would I care about this Brico cross race? You all seemed right. so excited about this, it when you were texting. I'm me sure none of you, neither of you, watch this. But it's a super fun course. It goes around like a little lake, and it's up and down, and there's a bunch of off camber, and they go over a bridge, and there's what looks like a castle at one point. But the coolest thing on this course is that they ride through a windmill. We've all done a race where we ride through a barn, but they ride right through the bottom of a windmill. 
So, so this second. is similar to like a mini golf course. Yeah. Well, only they're the size of a golf ball in this scenario because it's a normal like Dutch windmill. Like you think of like you're watching uh, Amstel Gold and you see the windmills. That's in pretty the cool. Shot. So you gotta you gotta time your lap just right. You gotta time your lap. Like are they going through the front? <laughs> unfortunately, or are they go through the side. They go through the front, but unfortunately, I don't think the blades go close enough to the ground where the riders had to time it right. I think they oh, turned above. That is lame. But it was because that could be amazing. Cool. You think about it. You're in a yeah. group of six, and you're like, okay, I got to be at the front of this group now. So there's a big sprint into that thing. And then you hit because the because oh, yeah. everybody knows guy number four in line is getting taken out by the thing. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. So, I mean, Lars so Vanderhoer would have died today. Um, so the windmill blades don't come far enough no, to the ground no, like they do they on did. a mini golf. No, course. no, no. I mean, this this is a, right, then, win, a, nor, a windmill as you as you can imagine it from from you're watching a Dutch races. But it's super cool nonetheless. Uh, it was a fun course. It was super fast, and it it just looked fun. And I didn't even notice the windmill until like lap three, and I was blown away at that point. So. Yeah, well, you, if you, did, huh, you didn't, well done, you didn't notice. Away. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> notice it if guys were getting taken out. So I'm just saying. Yeah, well, it's okay. true. There's blood. You kind of, you, you really, uh, you really had me going there for a second. Yeah, you know, it's cool. Check and then it out. all of a sudden, you just really took the wind out from my sails uh, when you told me that the um, the blades weren't even close to taking out the rider. Yeah, I, mean, I got to say, he he had me pretty wound up as well. Yeah. I don't, you know, I got to say the UCI might now, not be into that. What One of the cool things it, about this race, too, is that Pidcock got off the front with Vanderpool and followed the move. And for a, a couple laps, even, you thought, hey, maybe he's going to be able to follow. And he eventually got dropped, but he podiumed. Mm-hmm. And that was nice to see coming up. So, so, so it was Vanderpool off the front, and then a couple guys milling around behind him. Vanderpool got off the front, yeah, at some point, good work at some point, and uh, Pidcock followed, and Lars got on the podium. So, uh, Tim, so, with Vanderpool off the front and winning uh, all weekend, you know, I, I assume that really grinds your gears. Mm-hmm. It does for a couple of reasons. Well. I'm okay. Should we separate the wheat from the chaff Whatever. in this? In this, at this point, I'm all in on Vanderpool <laughs> because I know that he's never going to race cyclocross mm-hmm. again. So I'm hopeful he's that he just totally goes away. Race more cross. No, 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 no. Like he can race like every now and then to show up like Starbar, and you're like, man, it's really cool. He's back on the reunion, t- you know, the, the farewell tour, mm-hmm. like share. Mm-hmm. But um, the problem is, I I, I love Vanderpool because now he's going to go to the road, right? But right. what uh, what kind of grinds my gears is that Pidcock is doing so well so that every English media oh, sure. cycling publication now is going to care about cyclocross well, because now suddenly they're like, ooh, we have an English speaker that's doing no, really good in sure. cyclocross, so we, now we should pay attention. That's a bonus. But really, I think if anybody could hang with Vanderpool, uh, you know, all media everywhere would be excited about it because, you know, it, it's been a long season of Vanderpool. He's been... He's been in the in the bakery. He's been he's been kneading the dough. He's been putting it in the oven. He's been baking the bread, and now he's eating it all on his own, with no help from anyone else. But, and uh, you know, people just want to share that. And uh, you know, it's it's only right that Vanderpool's like, no, you didn't help me, you know, bake this bread. You didn't help me. <laughs> I wow. Um, yep. I guess that. Back to my point on Pidcock, though, is that it's just going to be so disappointing. If, like, if you don't have a windmill I, joke, this is going to be so disappointing. I, Do you, I know, but why? Just because you were in, you were into cyclocross before they had that big 
hit single. No, I'm you're, just waiting for like the human interest stories on all of like cycling news and you know all of the big mm-hmm. like cycling magazines out there just be like, oh wow, what is cyclocross? And then they got to like give the whole like this is what cyclocross is, and you're just like, come on, man, like we're, like we're already at this point. Like I don't need to have the the stories just because the guy speaks English, therefore people care about it. Like that's I'm kind of worried about that. To be totally honest. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, you just... They go so overboard because they're like, ooh, David Miller, the next, the oh, next hope mean, for the Tour de France. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like, how does this even work? George Incapi, he can climb mountains. He's going to be the team leader. And it's like, oh, man, now it's going to be this guy because he races cyclocross and it's going to be great. Mm. I'm, a little, I'm a little worried. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Well, don't worry. The season for cyclocross is basically over, so you don't have to be that worried. <laughs> I'm just gonna go need some dough, Spencer. You you already had taken all of these. I I need uh, I need this to move on to another topic. Yeah. Mm, another we'll topic. Just, yeah. and we'll just roll on over to Kevin Powell's <laughs> um, retiring. Yeah, K-pop. hanging up the old shoes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of disappointed because um, Kevin Powell's is one of my favorite side cross racers for a variety, and of he reasons. had a really good season. He did. He, and better than last year, yes. He never won the world championships. No. Well, he was, yeah. And he was he's not going so, to, so it's a good design. But he was so close, kind of, in Louisville. Like, yeah. like we really wanted it to happen. It could have happened in Louisville. Um, oh, yeah. He had the drive-side dismount, which I love. Yep. Um, I have read, I have not confirmed, but as a former... Um, school teacher that specialized in that, that taught special ed with a uh, specification of autism and like ASD. I have read a, in a couple of places that uh, Kevin Powell's has um, Asperger's or autism uh, similar. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know that firsthand at all, but I had read this a couple of times in magazine that always struck me as like really into the guy mm-hmm. like that just was really awesome. So again, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true because I'm relying on, translation and media but um that always made him one of my favorites mm-hmm. yeah i can't think of any other pros that yeah but i mean god he was Kevin always Powell's. there like, he had some so great good. years and he he did and his name was always so so awesome when it was said on the belgian dark webs like now i'm kind of off the dark webs when i watch cyclocross racing because i can find a pretty good feed legally mm-hmm. for the most part between trek putting racing on their website and NBC sports gold. So you kind of get the English version of Kevin Powell's, but man, yeah, we never going to get to hear, hear that. Kevin, 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 oh. Kevin, 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 Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> that was one, one of the of better favorites. parts of the races. So. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And he had that rap yeah. video. We did not mention that when, when, when we talked about the Astana video, he had that, he had that video where he's riding a low rider yeah. and stuff and, and laying down the sick rhymes. So I will, I will certainly miss him. And he did have a good season, as you pointed out, Spencer. So good stuff for sure. Yeah. Changing the And card. then um, the other news is uh, John Degenkolb has gone the way of all of our favorite bike gadget companies by creating a quick Kickstarter <laughs> to save the U19 Paris-Roubaix race. But they did. They saved it. I don't know if you're going to get some kind of solar-powered light or some kind of, you know, lockable seat post collar or something that gets created on Kickstarter for bikes, but um, kind of weird. They saved it. And you get a t-shirt, I think, too. 
I know, but. Why, why should it be the racers saving the race? Kind of. I agree. I didn't. I don't know the like super deep, intricate backstory to, of why it was to, in financial trouble. But I mean, it was nice to see. Trying to tell me the promoters of Paris Roubaix don't make enough money. Mm-hmm. Is to, it uh, the same? Put on a U nineteen. Is it the same? Because no, it's it's Amory that owns Roubaix, right? They certainly don't make enough to put on the women's version. So I don't know why they would be able to put on a juniors version. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point, Spencer. Very, very good point. Spencer, I thought the fact was the women didn't want to do it. That's what I'd heard. That's what some some dudes in a Belgian bar told me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was down Reliable at Reliable uh, Source Keese's Keese's dad's bar. To. Yeah, his dad's bar, and yeah. he told me that. So it's I'm going with that man. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. It's not good, but it was nice to see Doug and Colt doing that. I mean, it was a nice gesture. I agree. I don't know the backstory of how why you know why it didn't have money but it seems like in general u23 racing and below is not exactly the most financially lucrative thing but you need those races if you're ever going to have pros you know outside of the u19 uh paris roubaix race the only other thing that had captured my imagination for bike riding or racing this past week was the uh the tour columbia one by uh, Miguel Angel Lopez, as uh, mentioned earlier, but Nairo did win a stage. Yeah, is it is the, is the pressure off Nairo enough? Do you guys think that this could be the year he wins the tour? <sighs> pressure off? You think the pressure's <laughs> off? I think at this point in the game that enough people are just like, hey, you know that ship sailed. In fact, when I was at Cabda, mm. people come by the booth talking a little bit. They wanted to talk a little bit about Nairo. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were like, I think the ship's kind of sailed on that. Like, they, like everyone was just like, you know what? He's a great racer. Yeah. It's awesome. He's got a solid top five in him at the tour, but it's done. Like, it's not going to happen. Do you think the pressure is a little bit off because there's so many other good Colombians right now? You know, like when it was just That's him a, and Betancourt and Orion yeah. a little bit, but he was definitely top dog. But now it's like, I mean, the, all the top guys at, at, at that race were all in the world tour, basically, and, and killing it. Well, and... You know, segue Sam to the savior of the the apparent savior of Team Sky. Yeah, is going to be the uh, you know the Echo Petrol, <laughs> com- the oil company out of Colombia. I mean, you yeah, know. it seems like it. Um, so clearly, the golden generation of Colombian cycling is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Even though we would like to think that it was from Santiago Botero <laughs> and his glorious run as a team captain on rock racing. Um, but, uh, well, I'd like to think you're right that maybe he, the pressure's a little bit off and it's a little bit, he's not, doesn't have the whole nation it, on his shoulders in a, in a sense. And he, and he can kind of, he can do it. I mean, so if we were running a, um, no, not the Mount Rushmore, we've already talked about Mount Rushmore of teams. If we were running a cycling hall of fame mm-hmm. and the three of us, like, you know, and it's kind of like baseball hall of fame where you had to like vote, and then it, you have to you have to be retired for five years before you get voted into the cycling hall of fame. Okay, maybe we should create a virtual cycling hall of fame. The more I think about this, mm-hmm. would you guys vote for Nairo Quintana to be in the cycling hall of fame? I mean, no. five, he's got to retire for five years, Tim. I can't even I can't even think about this. I know, but like, think about his like overall his career. Is he hall of fame worthy mm. um, cyclist? And Spencer, you Spencer say no. just says no. No, I need some like info. I need like how many riders it, get in a year, and how many years are they yeah. up? So I know because in the same yeah. way you make the equation with with the other halls, you know, like yeah, you want to put Bart, Bart Blylevin in, but 
you know, you've got a lot of well, considerations, so you got to kick him down yeah, every he, year. He's he's not going in in the first uh, couple years. That's for sure of his eligibility. So, Spencer, let me. Okay, now Spencer, you're. What if Valverde comes up the same time? For the most part, right? Let me. Well, no, but like multiple, like Valverde's first ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. Yeah. And even though someone's going to like treat him like Roger Clemens because he has a doping mark check mark, mm-hmm. like what he has done is beyond like that. Like, sorry, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's extraterrestrial. I would say, I would say, well done. I'd say Nairo is in the cycling Hall of Fame. Maybe not. I think he'd be first ballot still, and here's why. <sighs> okay, he's won the Giro twice. He's won yeah. the Vuelta twice. Yeah. He's won Tour Romandy twice. He's won three stages of the Tour and two stages of the Tour de France. The only thing he has going against him as a GC rider is winning the Tour de France. Yeah. And he's been on the podium at the Tour de France. Yeah. So. Yeah. I give it I, to you. I think that may be worthy of a Hall of Fame riding career for Nairo Quintana. Even though he didn't win the overall, he's. But what. So he did all those things. But what was yes. he trying to do? That feels like that's a hard. That's well, a hard. I, like, I that's, that's that's like a guy who didn't win the 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 World Series getting in the Hall of Fame, right? Like, but that's not his. Fault okay, it's solely. not. It's he not. Gets... It's not going to keep him out necessarily, but it's not uh, going to put him in instantly. I feel like you that's even I mean? more like, of a crazy I, thing. Spencer, I, I let me just say this. I understand where you're coming from, Spencer. Uh, let me ask this. Do you think he's worthy on the second year of eligibility to be in the Hall of Fame? Potentially. With that record? Potentially. Potentially? Potentially? Okay. No, I think, you, I think you've made a good wrong. Spencer, you have a really tough, tough vote here. Okay, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Wow. Eddie Marks is going in yes. first round. Like, yes. we're talking yes. about Hall of Fame. Like, there are yes. guys, there are a lot of folks, guys yeah. and girls, but that are going to go in before Nairo Quintana. A lot. And it yeah, might but, not but, be the second year. But they have to be relative to the year that they're in. Yeah. Like, right? Like, like Lenny Dykstra isn't a unanimous Hall of Famer the first year, but maybe around year 13, you're like, mm, maybe. And then he still doesn't get in because you're like, that guy doesn't seem like a nice person. Um, <laughs> I would say... I would say maybe Nairo doesn't get in the first year. I would agree with you there when you bring up the Eddie Merckx. Yeah. Convince me on that. He's clearly a second ballot Hall. I think all, I think all, the, all the tour winners are going to get in before Nairo does. No. See, that's no. too much. I would for put me, Nairo in over Carlos Sastra. I think, I think I, Miguel Indurain's going in before him. I think, you well, know, yeah, pr- p- pick a tour winner. Indurain's obviously Sastra going in first. Is, is, Carlos Sastra is so far behind Nairo Quintana on the Hall of Fame voting. Like yeah, it's cool he won, but he's not as he's not better rider than Nairo Quintana was. I, I, no, but I think Nairo for sure. I'd say anyone that wins any of the three Grand Tours and then is also shows consistency is a, is would yeah. get a high high priority. Spencer, you know what this is? No. Spencer, you know what this is? This is the JJ. This is the Kobo um, yeah. defense that little guys run, and it's he's trying Kobo to wedge defense. in. Oh, no, I Kobo wasn't even thinking about that. To get in. No, Kobo doesn't show any consistency. <laughs> Come on, that's. I mean, that's the thing that breaks my heart is he had these flashes, but like Nairo is there. Kobo's going to get in on little guys' veterans committee like twenty <laughs> years later. <laughs> yeah, honorary. Um, no, but I think like okay. I think no, I, I see what you're saying. Like, um, I, oftentimes I'm I'm digging around in pro cycling stats, and I see some guy who got like third in the Giro in 1986, and I'm like, I don't have no idea who that is, and I click on it, and I notice they've got a bunch of high results, didn't really win much that I ever heard of, and it's like 
I don't know this person is, but obviously if I had been paying attention to cycling in that time, I would have been, they would have been the Lutsenko or somebody like that. Like a guy you knew uh, was strong, but you didn't, you didn't chalk him I, up as that first quality. I, I, we're getting, we're getting close to the end of the program, but this, this may be something that becomes a fluoride podcast, uh, I don't know how we're going to do this yet, guys. But I think we get. We are going to determine Cycling Hall of Fame, and it is going to be amazing uh, uh, because we're going to need to to vote this in because I he's definitely a second ballot. He's in that second tier. He, here, no. And anybody that oh, here's what I you're say, so Tim. wrong, Spencer. You were saying uh, this GoFundMe thing. Let's get a GoFundMe going. We we hire some fifteen uh, year old kid to build us a virtual reality. Um, Hall of Fame, so you can put on some VR goggles and walk into this room. Uh-huh. I want this to be very much Lawnmower Man esque uh, graphics quality. Yeah, yeah. I want it to be super weird, and we just start from now. Like we just we just do from like everyone that retires this year. We vote in our top ten or whatever, and we'll just go on from now. And we get this fifteen year old to build this for us. And we'll pay him in cookies or something I, or Doritos and uh, Mountain Dew I'm, Code Red. I'm liking this idea, but mostly because I want to know what jersey these team riders are going to want to go to go in, right? Like, are they going to be like, ooh, well. Like, is Merck's going to be like, oh, I want to go in on the Maltini jersey? Or is yeah. he going to be, you know, Not going is Fignon going to want to say posthumously that he wants in on the, uh, you know, the, the famous uh, bib kit? Or is he going to want it's to go in Castor on the Rama. Lobby Claire? Yeah. So. It's the greatest kid of all Anyways, time. Um, do you guys have anything else before we uh, sign off for the week? I think that's it. Nope. I think we nailed right, it. With that, we'd like to thank all of our listeners. We'd like to thank Health IQ for the returning support. Go to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out on how you can save money on your life insurance for being a healthy individual. Also head over to Grimper Brothers. Um, get some Grimper Brothers coffee. You can shortcut there is the wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. And go to wideanglepodium to find out more about our family of shows. Email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theslowridepod. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. Theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.